BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ben, up for a game of ping pong? Here, grab that paddle. Oh, look at that. Oh, 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 you're good. Whoa. Who's that lady? Uh. That not that our Gary Rabine? Yeah. That's our, our Gary Rabine yeah. clip. The one, yeah, I tried finding audio, and that's all I could find. He sounded good. That sounded like good ping pong. To quote Boz Skaggs, what can I say? What can I do? Mm. <laughs> there we go. I don't think there's a listener out there who A, knows who Boz Skaggs is, or B, knows that quote. Man, way to reel in those new listeners. All right, your Ben Jarofsky <laughs> show for Thursday. March 24th is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky, Chicago Reader. Chicago, Are you looking out the window right now? <laughs> no, I'm looking at the, my beloved bright one. No. Oh. ChicagoReader.com. Oh, there it is. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory, S-K-Y. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. Oh, and the Ben Jarofsky <laughs> show is just getting started. <laughs> it is Thursday, March 24th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky show. Today on the program, the one, the only, 20th Ward Alderwoman, Jeanette Taylor. And now your host, a man with a hat so brand new, there's still a sticker on it. <laughs> the bottom of your bill there. Yeah. Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this <laughs> Casino Chicago Thursday, and here's why. By the way, so many great bits for me to riff off that you began the show with, starting with Gary Rabine. Uh, we're the only show uh, in existence that's mentioned him now two days in a row. You're welcome, Mr. Rabine. Uh, the second one is Flannery. I just Every time you play that Flannery, the campaign, of course, is not done. <laughs> and, uh, yes, my uh, new Bulls hat. I got about five new Bulls hats last month. Anyway. Focus, Ben, focus. Uh, Casino Chicago? Yes. That's on my mind. Chicago announced the other day that they had uh, whittled down to three the number of sites for a proposed uh, casino uh, in the city of Chicago, which uh, raises the question, uh, is this a legit, legit process? And I've got a lot of conversations, D. I've had a lot of what I call mainstream journalism conversations where you just talk to people and it's off the record. You know, you're not going to put what they say in, you know, sources, uh, you know, those kinds of conversations. Cause you know, God help anybody would be linked to their really fi- real feelings about something. You always have to say, you know, you have to couch it in terms. You don't offend anybody. You know, 
They always make fun of my beloved lefties for, uh, you know, cancel culture. Man, I'll tell you what, mainstream Chicago Dems, you're more into cancel culture than any lefty I know. Most lefties I know, you know, uh, speak their mind, let their freak flags fly. Hey, that's off the record. That's off the record. Yeah, off the record. (laughs) My old friend Eric off the record. It's off the record. Eric, uh, is uh, how's your day going so far? Uh, off the record? Uh, not so good. <laughs> I've seen off it. Off the record. I, I'm like a fly on the wall. I just watch and see, you know, I saw Rom do it off the record. I've seen a lot of people do off the record. Yeah, they do off the record. Uh, well, Rom would, would not on my show, because can you imagine Rom, <laughs> Mayor Rom of the Bendrowski show? Um, no, he was, uh, it was on Fran Spielman, right? Yeah, when you were yeah, the, yeah. The moment mm-hmm. when you were producing. Uh, off that record. And then they kicked you. Remember when Rom kicked you out of your own studio? Yeah. Oh, well, it's yeah. Like down that road. Anyway, with the big the banner, it said Ben Jarofsky show behind me. <laughs> he was there. It was weird. Uh, Mayor Ron. I had a good old days when you were at my beloved bright one in Chicago. Sometimes our lovely little studio just down the aisle from the bathroom. We're like, hey, stick that hippie in the bathroom. We were lucky they didn't put us in the bathroom. You take the fourth stall down. OK. And the producer, you go stand by the urinal. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, off the record, off the record. So I have all these off-the-record conversations with all kinds of centrist mainstream types. So, so you know, I, I, they're the ones who run the city in conjunction, of course, with corporate Republicans. Let's be honest. Lefties like me, you know, we literally are either in the room by, down the hall for the bathroom or in our attics. We don't run the city. So I, I need to know. I need to know what centrists are saying about the casino. And they go, Ben, don't be dumb. <laughs> Just by the way, a start of a sentence I get from centrists all the time when I advocate some idealistic thing that we're all supposed to believe in. Ben, come on, don't be dumb. <laughs> come on, huh? Come on, don't be dumb. Of course, they've already figured out what site they're doing. Duh, it's all a game. Duh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Wait, so I shouldn't take this as a legit contest to see which site. The two in the South Loop, the one in the near north side is best for Chicago. Duh! It's already been picked, Ben. They just have this little dog and pony show to keep you going and to keep feeding stuff, using the journalists in Chicago as a conduit to feed propaganda to the masses to convince them that a casino is worth their interest in the first place. D, I'm not making this up. I'm just telling you what the centrists who run the city tell me off the record. Of course, they're not going to say it on the record. Oh, on the record, uh, yes, the mayor and the people who rule this city think the people who live in Chicago are completely clueless clowns. You can get them to do absolutely anything you want them to do just by, you know, having some guy go on the TV and going, well, they need the money. So you can say what they said uh, off the record, but you just can't say who said it. That's the rule? That's the rule? Okay. That's number one. There's people right now combing through the Ben Jarofsky show catalog going, all right, who said that? Yeah, and if you get anybody who, like, really knows what's going on on your show, who's in the room where they're making the deals, you ever notice how close they play their cards to their vests? And I'm thinking of you, Chris Welch. Nobody plays his cards closer to the vest than House Speaker Chris Welch. Never want to play poker oh. against you. Can you blame <laughs> the guy? Look who he's following. My God, he's probably freaked out. Michael Johnson Madigan. Say what you will about Michael Joseph Madigan. He stood for union rights, ladies and gentlemen. I will say that always about Michael Joseph Madigan. So anyway, yeah, so they, uh, we're going to have now get ready for this made-up process. 
this fantasy land where the city decides. Tapping the greatest brains we have. Where's the best place to put the casino? As if they haven't already made up their mind where the best place to put the casino is. Now, I don't know where they're going to put the casino, ladies and gentlemen, because guess who's not in the room? Moi. Okay? I'm not in the room. So I don't know. If I had a bet. Oh, there you go, D. If I had a bet as to where they put the casino, and I bet you could take odds on this, get odds on this in Vegas right now. Which of the three sites will be the site of the casino? What if they pull a wild card and there's a fourth site that they haven't even told us about? Remember remember when Rob did that with police chiefs? I think it was like he didn't. That's how we got Eddie Johnson. I want to say, don't quote me on that, D. The memory's a little shaky here. Don't quote me on all that. Ever notice how like some guests come on the show and they know absolutely everything? I mean, it kind of annoys me, you know? Well, but no, actually, what it is is blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I think it was Eddie Johnson. Rom was like, ah, I don't like any of these candidates that the police board gave me. You know, you're supposed to be a protocol where the police board makes recommendations. And so maybe there's a foresight. But they, they're, what, what they're going to do is like whittle it down. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, this is the best site. Here's the thing about the casino, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be saying this a lot. You'll be hearing this a lot from me. I'm probably going to be saying Jeanette Taylor uh, in a little while. I got nothing against having a casino in the city of Chicago. I really don't. I mean, gambling's a very serious, can be a very serious addiction that could screw you all up. But, you know, I know a lot of people like it. People love Vegas. Maybe it's a great, it could be a great entertainment venue to see. Who would play in a casino, D? I'm not really oh. like who. Like, what's the kind of performer that would be a, like comedians? A, Dave Attell, comedian Dave Attell would perform at a casino. That's all yeah. he, he loves performing casinos. And Does stuff. he? Yeah. What What about uh, uh, D.L. Hewley? Would he ever perform in a casino? I don't. I'm not sure on his background, but I mean, if they get a nice little venue, I don't see why not. I see a lot of people actually. When I think about it, would perform at a casino because the money's probably pretty good. Yeah. So it's like you know, I got no problem with that. But the reason you got their stated reason is to raise money for the city's pensions, the firefighters and the police. There couldn't be a worse way, I think, to make your pension obligations than a casino. I just got to think this through. And I had a conversation yesterday. I think it was uh, Monroe and uh, Lee Allen. We were talking about this. And I wondered, legalizing heroin, would that be? And, and then uh, taxing the profits? Would that be a more destructive way to raise money or precarious way to raise money uh, for your pensions than legalizing gambling or having a casino? I don't know. That would be a great conversation, one that will never be had in the city of Chicago. I think the part of the reason why gambling, uh, the city of Chicago is not controversial when it turns to gambling is because MAGA hasn't taken a stand against it. See, most damn centrists, the ones who run the city of Chicago, have been running it since Harold Washington died. Uh, most centrist Dems, they take their uh, what, what? They take their cues from the right. So they look and see what the right is saying, and if the right is coming down hard on, let's say, uh, criminal justice reform, they'll back away from that. And all of a sudden, they'll want to throw everybody in jail, whether they're innocent, guilty, or not, unless it's their neck on the lines, you know, when it, like on a political scandal. Then we'll we're all innocent until proven otherwise. But some just guy on the street who's picked up by the police and they go, oh, he did it. You go, I didn't do it. I swear. Oh, get in that jail. So uh, 
I I feel as though uh, the right has not made a big stand against gambling like they have against whoops, marijuana. And so centrists are going, okay, we're cool with gambling because we're not going to be, we're not going to face what? A firestorm of commercials denouncing us as soft on gambling. <laughs> He's soft on gambling. Now, you don't get that from the right. You're, you're soft on crime. Katanji Brown Jackson, she was soft on crime, ladies and gentlemen. So you don't get that from uh, the right. So, okay, so the, the, that's easy. We'll go with gambling as our preferred vice to tax. So it's just, I feel it's the wrong reason uh, to, leave, to have a casino to try to raise money from pensions because it's probably an inconsistent incons- flow of revenue. So it really won't support the pensions you say you want to support. And you're soaking the people who could least afford to pay it, you know, like addicted gamblers who just keep following a bad hand until they're broke. I mean, that's not really like a, a healthy way to finance your government, but you know, they lost with the fair tax. So, Progressive taxation is out the window. Let's just soak a bunch of addicted gamblers. Look, the worst reason. And every time we do something that's remotely right, you ever notice this, D? We do it for the wrong reasons. And Dennis knows I'm obsessed with this particular issue right now. I've just been really thinking about the uh, the way we're going around uh, legalize the way we legalize marijuana, cannabis, reefer in the state of Illinois. We we hammered on the absolute worst reason for legalizing it and that would be to raise money for government because if you are legalizing marijuana in order to raise money for government if that's your uh, chief objective then you're going to raise taxes about as high as you can on it and you're going to deter people from buying legal reefer and get them to go back to illegal reefer now i like well i'm not really going to go nuts about the illegal reefer market you know I'm not going to, don't worry, uh, cookie man down in St. Louis. I'm not saying that you should be thrown into jail. But what I'm saying is that having an illegal market and a legal market uh, perpetuates the same problems that were really why we should legalize marijuana in the first place. And that is some people will be unfairly punished for doing something that other people are making a profit out of. Well, that wasn't the central issue in legal uh, legalizing, but it's the same problem. So back in the old days when it was quote unquote illegal, black people got arrested for it. white people were doing it every night and white people just pretended like it wasn't happening. They pre- pretended like this inequity, this injustice wasn't going on at all, which is what they do with everything in this country. When it comes to discrimination, they pretend like it doesn't happen at all, which is on full display with Katanji Brown Jackson at her hearing. So, the wrong reason for legalizing marijuana was used to justify legalizing. And now we're in a situation that you watch, they're going to start rounding up drug dealers because they're competing with the official market. And they're going to argue that because of drug dealers uh, competing with the official market, we're getting less money and we need that money. So we're going to spend money arresting. So we're going to spend money to arrest people for providing something that people want, reefer. I don't know. Maybe you should have lowered taxes in the first place. Just saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't have viewed marijuana as a way to fund government. 
Maybe you should have just viewed legalizing marijuana as a right thing to do because it was so hypocritical for it to be illegal in the first place. Because so many of you were smoking it and <laughs> pretending like other people weren't getting arrested. Now, I've been thinking of ideas of how, you know, we can solve this. Um, what if you treat, you know, like you have the postal service. Well, let's keep in mind before I say this, I'm not smart. Okay. Um, <laughs> Eddie's high. So you have the postal service. Right. So what if you, you know, kind of cut a deal with these, you know, dealers, you know, and have them kind of be like postal, you know, marijuana mailman. Uh, not quite. Uh, they deliver it. They deliver it. They have the stuff. You know, I don't know. You got to work with them somehow. Right. Uh, yeah. Marijuana mailman. I like the MM. Um, not quite sure. Like a government uh, job, you know? Yeah. You, you deliver the Oh. You deliver that's it. A, you know what? That's a good idea. I like that oh, idea. Phew. 180 on, on that payroll. one. All right. I was getting ready to edit that part out. But no, it sounds good now. I'll keep this in. Uh, keep it in anyway. Look, the, the standard rule of thumb at a Ben Drusk show, if you figure this out, ladies and gentlemen, if any, anything that Dennis says that makes him look bad gets edited out. Anything that I say that makes me look bad gets accentuated. That's <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, like a government job, right? Where you're like, you know, like kind of a mailman. With a pension. Yeah. With a pension. Yeah. I'm, I'm for it 100%. I'm for it 100 That is a great. Actually, that's a great idea. God damn it. I wish I'd thought of that. Damn, I wish I'd thought of that. Anyway. Yes. So here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not going to go in Dennis's direction. They're going to go in the complete opposite <laughs> direction. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They're going to go. In, oh, we're cracking down. And then, like, I could just see all the elected officials gathered around police officers. Uh, we just busted this uh, crew of illegal marijuana sellers on the north side of Chicago. And they had 400 pounds. And the reporter would go, 400 pounds or whatever it is. You know, remember in the old days with the big busts? They would just go nuts. They needed a big number. There were 400 tons of marijuana. Meanwhile, everybody's stoned, getting high. <laughs> uh, and they're going to do the, the right thing for the wrong reason. The right thing is to have a casino. You know, people like casinos. It's, it's a nice entertainment venue. But they're going to do it for the wrong reason. And by the way, it's never going to make enough to pay your pension obligations. I'm saying that right now. And if I'm wrong, come on. In a year or two, come in and, you know, D, I'm not above saying I was wrong. But I don't think so. I'm going to be wrong on this one. And uh, everybody above the age of 65 in the state of Illinois, whenever, on any, whenever this is issue like this is raised, we'll say the lottery, the lottery. So youngsters have no idea what we're talking about. But yesterday, Monroe, Monroe says it because he's above the age of 70, about to have a big birthday coming up to you. Monroe Anderson. And he was above the age of 70. But they always say the lottery. Why is that? Because when the lottery was legalized back in the 70s and they wiped away all the illegal numbers games, they said, don't worry. This is going to raise money to pay for public education in the state of Illinois. <laughs> and all the all Illinoisans from the 70s like, well, sounds good to me. Ooh, my property taxes will go down. Oh, this, well, Madigan, guess what? this Madigan guy sounds really cool. <laughs> 70s. He's a young no, up and comer. Knew, wait, time out. Let's let's not rewrite his. Nobody knew who Michael Joseph Madigan was. Maybe he was like on the come up. You know what I mean? You don't know. No, we, nobody knew. This is something Chicagoans. Not I'm obsessive political junkie. Everybody knows that. 
If they made political obsessiveness illegal, I would be like scouring the alleys of Chicago looking for a, a news uh, dealer to sell me my news bits. That's what a junkie I am when it comes to news. So, of course, I knew who Michael Joseph Madigan was. <laughs> but the rest of you didn't know who he was until Bruce Rauner, the Chicago Tribune, Ugh. and Kenny G decided he was a useful tool to use to get you to hate unions. So they invested millions of dollars in getting you to know who Michael Joseph Madigan is. You didn't know. You don't know who Michael Joseph Madigan was any more than you know who Gary Ray Bine is. <laughs> so come on, Chicagoans. Don't act like you know who Michael Joseph Madigan is. And now he's such a convenient tool and target that Mayor Lori Lightfoot, when she wants to make an alderman look bad, just goes, she's a stooge for Michael Madigan. <laughs> I never once saw any corporate lawyer and Lori life was a corporate lawyer take a stand against michael joseph madigan and all those if he's so bad why didn't you speak out against him before you became mayor and became a useful target because d they're all playing the game off the record ben michael madigan's a bad guy but uh, don't quote me He's got a lot of power, and I have like five bills in front of him. If you're going to quote me, let me say this. What a skillful leader he is, Michael Joseph Madigan. <laughs> Sorry to get you on that Madigan tangent. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, the casino, my humble opinion, they have already selected a site. I'm going to do a little more deep dive, folks, uh, talking to off-record, have conversations. I'm going to have off-the-record conversations with centrists and corporate leaders, and I'll give you back. So far, the leading candidate for what the centrists say has already been picked is the site 78, uh, the TIF 78 on, in the South Loop. But uh, I'll keep you posted on that. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, JT, Jeanette Taylor will be with us. As advertised with us is the Alderman of the 20th Ward, dear friend of the show, dear friend of mine. One of the gutsiest Alderwomen in the city of Chicago. Do I agree with absolutely everything that she says? No. Does she agree with absolutely everything I say? No. But she's got guts, ladies and gentlemen, and I love her for it. Alder Woman, Jeanette Taylor, also known as JT. Welcome back, uh, Alder Woman. Thanks, man, for having me. How are you? Listen, the studio audience loves you. I cannot complain. Okay. And before we begin the interview, let me just say something. I had the last time I had an Alder Woman on the show, my dear friend, who I don't always agree with, Sue Sedlowski Garza, and she said a few things that were controversial, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot didn't like it. And Mayor Lori Leifert went on a radio show or a podcast and said, I made Sue Sadlowski Garza say this thing she said. Like, I could, yes, she did, Jeanette, she said that. And I went on and said, I cannot possibly make someone as strong as Sue Sadlowski Garza say what she doesn't want to say, okay? So I'm going to say the same thing. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, if you're listening to this show and Jeanette Taylor says something that you object to, she said it because she's a strong, independent-minded woman who speaks her mind. I had nothing to do with it. I just had to get that off my chest, Jeanette. She knows Sue meant very well what she said, and that's because she betrayed her trust. But I digress. Yeah, well, I, I digress, too. I've already talked about that one. If anybody wants to hear that interview, Sue Sadlowski Garza, I urge you to find it uh, uh, in my archives. All right, uh, Jeanette, there's so much to talk about on the local and national front. 
And since most of our stuff is uh, of local nature, let's get the national out of the way. I'm utterly obsessed uh, with the way uh, the Republicans treated Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. We've been talking about it on the show all week. And the this is me speaking. Then you could speak up with your mate, but this is me speaking. the The level of just blatant what is it like? I do, I don't want. I don't always like to use the R word, but just like racism, just the attitude about a black woman and how like you could just use her to conjure up all the worst feelings that white people have about black people, all the fears that they have about black people. They go, "This is what we're gonna do." We don't care what she says. We don't care what the issues are. We're just going to use her to scare white people. Personally, that's what I thought was going on throughout the whole hearings. What was your take on it? Malcolm X said it better than anybody. The most disrespected person on this planet Earth is the black woman. The same black women that got Joe Biden in office. The same women that keep rescuing this country, which I'll continue to mistreat. Y'all knew darn well those white men, those Republicans, wasn't going to dare make it easy for a black woman. But she got them at every time. And so, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) The final ha, ha, ha is when they round up the votes. And they only need 50 plus uh, Vice President Kamala Harris breaking the tie. I I got a feeling... uh, they're going to need every one of those 50 because it looks like they're, I'm not certain, certain there's going to be one Republican who, who votes for. What do you think? I think they're just scared that when the pictures come out of them hanging black people and having picnics, they're going to see pictures of their grandparents. That's what I think. Wow. Critical, critical race theory had nothing, has nothing to do with her job. Absolutely nothing. Racism does. White supremacy does. And so these are the same clowns that supported 45 and Putin. And now what is Putin doing to the poor people over in Ukraine? That we got to go help and rescue and save? Stop it. But this is what I would hope that this country does. Don't send our sons, send the Republican sons. Send their kids, send their, send their grandsons and nieces and nephews. Don't send ours. Uh, Jeanette, you uh, said you didn't want to talk about Ukraine, and all of a sudden you raise it at the outset of the show. because yeah, I've been upset about it since this started, and it's just I'm tired of a country that expects me to pay taxes, be part of their democratic process, um, create le- legislation that makes sense, and you can't never save us, but we can go save everybody else. This has absolutely nothing to do with us. Now, don't say all oh, the woman Taylor does not care about people, because that's a lie. I care about people, but we got homeless people in this country. We at war in our own country. We can point. We we can give people three hundred and eighty-six billion dollars, but we can't give black folks reparation. We can't have free education. We can't have Medicare for all. We can't have none of those things. And and, and let y'all tell it. We we might have to go back into a recession, but at a stroke of a pen. You know what type of disrespect that is to the people in this country. Stop it. Just stop. Just, uh, just stop. To her point, to uh, all the women's uh, point. I, 
this struck me last week, Jeanette. Uh, the Republicans all voted, or most of the Republicans in the Senate uh, voted against appropriating money uh, to fund the the fight against Putin in Ukraine. Uh, and follow me on this one, uh, Jeanette. They voted no, but their stated reason was not because they didn't want to give money to the military or do give money to buy weapons to kill people. That was not their stated reason. Their stated reason was we voted no because there were other aspects of the bill that were pork. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm like, so when a Democrat comes up with a plan to help somebody in America with, I don't know, a Child care. Let's just throw that out there. You know, anything to help somebody in America, that's pork. But it's okay to spend the money to buy bombs and guns. Do you follow what I just said to you, Jeanette? You can't make this up. You cannot make it up. Yeah. Which is why plenty of people won't vote and they think our democracy is a sham for crap like that. Well, that. Uh, Where was is, all this concern when when forty five and, and Putin was co- was was cozying together? Yeah. Was you concerned, man? Because y'all said nothing. He visited. He talked. If I am mistaken, didn't he predict something about Russia going to war with Ukraine? Uh, you, you know what? I have to. I had a moment when you kept saying forty five. I'm like, which one's forty five? <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I can't say his name. <laughs> That's right. That I remember. Oh, wait a minute. That's the one. Oh, uh, that was gonna get me to say his name. Sorry. Well, he he could be running again, and uh, forty five could be trying. Probably in Russia right now, snoozing with Putin. I wouldn't be surprised. And then, right. we're so racist, we would take him back. Um, don't put me in the we. Uh, oh, well, none of us are in the we. We ain't yeah. in the we. we. We definitely not in the we, man. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, it's a very real... F- I'm with you. I share your fear uh, that he's on the horizon. And I look at I look at this... Um, I mean, I look at this upcoming gubernatorial race here in the state of Illinois, and I look, I look at everything they did uh, to Judge uh, Brown Jackson as a trial run to everything they're going to do to J.B. Pritzker. Absolutely, everything they're going to do. And the person that's running against them, I just—you haven't seen the movie Three Hundred in that pit? Yes. I want to push him in the pit. Well, wait, time out. Nobody has actually won the nomination to run against him. So do you have I've somebody seen the party not support not support their own their own candidates? And the state the secretary of state race, they didn't support anybody from their own party. So it's up in the air. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I do know this, and we talk about this on the show a lot. Uh, that the man that the big money supports is the mayor of Aurora, Richard Irvin. And this is a guy, I've said this on the show, uh, Jeanette, Richard Irvin, mayor of Aurora, who when I look at his record and his past, I'm like, I can live with that guy. That looks like a your basic centrist dem to me. But now that he's running for governor and he's got the big money, he's like, all people are guilty and throw them in jail. Right, all lives matter. Yeah, all lives matter. <laughs> all lives matter. You a black man who will be pulled over and treated like a Negro like everybody. They just don't remind them of who he really is. 
It's okay. See, that's my whole thing. You're talking about you hired more police in Aurora State. That's not what people from Aurora are saying. That's not what they're saying. What did he think we don't talk to people from Aurora? That's not how this works. What are people from Aurora saying? That him him paying more cops was his way to move up. It wasn't about safety, and they don't necessarily feel safe. Well, let's talk about this. Uh, you and I have had many conversations about uh, policing uh, and uh, what needs to be done uh, to uh, bring down crime in neighborhoods, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, and we've been talking about this for a long time, all the ups and downs. And right after George Floyd was killed, there was the talk of a defund the police movement. And that talk, uh, I personally thought defund the police was the worst phrase anybody could come up with. Put, put, put that aside. That concept of spending money that is usually allocated for law enforcement mm-hmm. and spending on things like, I don't know, mental health workers, social workers, et cetera, so forth. Programs for young people so they're not robbing people and feel like they have to. Making that, a living died. wage. Making a living wage so parents ain't working 80 hours um, a week and TV and babysitters are raising their kids. There's plenty we, we could do with the money besides getting it for the police. What defund the police talks about is it's not working. Over the last 30 years, we've given the police more money every budget, and it still hasn't made us a safe city because that's not what we mean. That's not what's made safe. But when you're programmed, think about this die hard, die harder, die with a vengeance, die hard three, um, James Bond. Look at all of these movies that teach us that the police will make us safe, when in reality, it doesn't. It does not. If you go to some of the, the, some of the safest communities, hell, in the, in the United States, they ain't, though, they ain't over police places. They have a police system that works with the, the people who live in the community. They're part of volunteering. They do stuff at the school. It's not this. That's not what we have. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand when you say defund the police. That don't mean close all the police stations if we have no police. That ain't going to work. Not in the world that's trying to, to deal and live with and, 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 you know, have police. And the biggest problem with the police is they're not held accountable for their actions. Some way or somehow, and I said it and I'll say it again, let a police officer get killed. They found out in 2.5 seconds who did it. Let one of my constituents get killed. And the four-year-old who got killed in my community last summer, we still don't know what happens. And why is that? A, because there's a distrust. There are a bunch of things there. Sometimes the cameras don't work. Like, let's be honest. And that's what I'm tired of. So this thing about people hating the police, the people, everyday people who get up every day and put on a uniform. And my ward has four different police districts. I don't have the luxury of not working with the police. I have some really good commanders that I respect. I got a commander I question all the time because I'll be thinking like, "Mm, not really sure what you think about black women, really don't care though. But at the end of the day, we don't talk about what they go through. We don't talk about their mental health. We don't even talk about what black officers go through versus what the FOP does. And so the police has its own issues and the police cannot police the police. 
It does not work that way. And so people, if we would have a real true and transparent conversation about police, we might could get somewhere in the city of Chicago. But until we continue to just throw money at cameras and plate readers and helicopters and that type of thing without accountability, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of taxpayers' money. You know how much money we have dwelled out in just lawsuits since I've been in office? Billions of dollars. Uh, you kind of gave me a lot to uh, follow up on, uh, Jeanette. And uh, one, I guess the most important part uh, would be how we talk about this issue. Uh, but then you also said something about black police officers versus FOP. So why don't we deal with that one first? Then we'll get into how we talk about it. You said uh, black, you, you drew a contrast between the attitudes uh, of black police officers and the fraternal order of police. Go into that a little bit more. What were you talking about? So the, the, the head of the fraternal order of police has on a Trump jersey. He loves Trump. <laughs> he believes in that, that white supremacy. I got black officers who don't who don't even vote when it comes to the president of the FOP because they never feel like the person that they're that they want to push will ever be there. There's one thing to have black officers in black leadership, but who honestly has the power? It's not them. Mm -hmm. Superintendent Brown is not born and bred in Chicago. He does not know how this system works. He's learning, but he doesn't know. And the problems that we have were here even before Lori or he came. And so a lot of this stuff is internalized of not turning your back, reporting your offices. You saw what happened with George Floyd. They watched it. Anybody who tried to intervene on, on Mr. Floyd's behalf, got what? Threatened with being shot, tased, and there's a code of silence there, mm -hmm. which is why, I, did, why I, I didn't have respect for Eddie Johnson. Eddie Johnson opened his damn mouth to say, there's no code of silence here. If it ain't, I ain't seen it. Well, then you must be Stevie Wonderblind, because it's there. Look at the amount of officers that are black that are retiring or won't even apply. Well, let me, uh, I have to say this and, um, in defense of police officers in terms of not, uh, in the culture of not, uh, turning on your own, I believe that's uh, pervasive throughout society. I think it's bigger than police officers. And let me explain what I'm saying. Okay. When, uh, your former, actually, I'm not sure he was ever your former colleague. So let me uh, strike that when former alderman Danny Solis, Mm-hmm. Uh, the 25th Ward, one of the most powerful aldermen in the city of Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, various mayors gave him the job of being in charge of zoning commi committee, which is perhaps the most. We're going to get into the casino issue in a little while, but it all goes through the zoning committee. Mm -hmm. You can't get a more powerful organization, a committee in the city council, unless it's, unless it's the finance committee, which is the most powerful because they oversee every single budget and every single TIF deal. The man, the city council, and Mayor Rahm put in charge of zoning was Danny Solis, who, while he was in charge of zoning, was wearing a wire for the feds, and he was <laughs> gathering dirt on Ed Burke, the man that Mayor Rahm put in charge of the Finance Committee. Okay, City of Chicago, this is your leaders. 
Don't with, leave it out while he was doing dirt. Yes, while he, he was only gathering dirt so that it can make his sentences easier. But yes. that's because we give people power without actually having people who follow up on them. But I have a community development team that helps me make decisions about zoning, liquor license, and when it comes to city-owned land. Want to know why? Because I want transparency and accountability. Okay, we'll get into all that, but let okay. me just finish my point. Okay. When word broke, uh, I think it was the Sun-Times, broke it, and we had a huge story in the city of Chicago that Danny Solis was wearing a wire. What was the response of many of the aldermen in the city council? Oh, I'm not a rat. What a rat. I can't believe it. And it's like, <laughs> I've argued, uh, Jeanette, that Danny Solis did more for, quote, transparency and cleaning up corrupt Chicago by wearing that wire than any reformer, any newspaper reporter, any <laughs> mayor, anybody in the city of Chicago. And Had he not been on indictment himself, would he done that? I'm not saying he's an angel. I'm not saying he wore the wire because he for the right thing. You're absolutely correct. I began the show with the talk. Why is it that people always, whenever they do the right thing, they do it for the wrong reason. And to me, I'm, I've been thinking about this. So yes, you're absolutely correct. Danny Solis did the right thing, quote unquote, wearing the wire to uh, get uh, the most powerful element in the city of Chicago, uh, caught doing what he does, but he did it for the wrong reason. You're absolutely correct, uh, Jeanette, when you make that point. But my point is this, is that that cone of silence, that code of silence, I should say, that code of silence is very much alive throughout. You know, it's just part of our culture uh, in so Chicago. Then why not put measures in place to hold electors accountable? You just letting them sign off on stuff? See, I come from a place of accountability. And so the people who I work for, I know that it's the people who I'm paid to serve. But y'all keep electing them. We give out turkey hams and toys and that that's okay for our vote, but won't move a piece of legislation that helps make my life easier. We got to stop electing these folks. We got some ownership to it, and there's no code of silence. Don't do nothing in front of me, because I'm not going to jail. <laughs> I don't like orange, and I like Oscar Mayer bologna. And they, don't, they have orange suits in jail, and they don't serve Oscar Mayer bologna. So therefore, I can't go. But we got to have checks and balances when it comes to people we elect, and we don't. Yeah. And then we just elect another set of folks with no accountability. You should not be able to do any zoning changes without having community members at public meetings mm -hmm. and without them actually having a say-so over that zone. Period. I'm dealing with the Norfolk Sutherland deal now. They did an RDA, which I wasn't there, I wasn't even in office, that I didn't sign, but I'm being asked by Norfolk Sutherland to respect. I'm not gonna respect it and neither is my community because A, we ain't ready, we don't know what to say, and B, what is it in the community for kicking black folks out of their communities? Y'all snatch people homes that they spent their entire lifetimes paying for and literally gave them crumbs. And we let it happen. Yeah. You're talking about that huge development off of 50 oh, of south of 55th Street. Yeah. Uh just just north of the library. Yeah, I uh I remember that. Uh you're I'm, absolutely I'm being asked to vacate alleys and sign off on stuff. I'm not gonna do that without figuring out what is it that the community got for Norfolk Sutherland for even getting this land. And what can my community benefit? Is it jobs? 
is the beautification around the ward. I get $1.5 million to fix roads. That's not, and sidewalks, that's not enough. That's nowhere near, I can't even do half of the ward with that amount of money. So what did the, what was the deal that was made? Who got paid? It wasn't the constituents of the 20th ward and that damn sure wasn't all the woman Taylor because I wouldn't have cut out my community that way. And I'm not gonna say that the decisions that I have to make are, are easy, they're not. But you gotta remember, see, when you, when you, you don't come from one of their little political parties or they didn't help you get in the office, they can't control. And so we gonna have to think, re, rethink electoral politics. What do you mean by that? Rethink it. It should be the people who've actually done work, not the people who could afford to get the most money and could get out the most flyers and phone calls to be into office. We have to really think about the people we're sitting in the seats. Like right. I, I want, I, I'm in the seat, and so prime example, my community development team. It's made up of about 15, 16 people. With the exception of one person, I knew none of them before I got elected. So that means I expect for them to come in this space to work with me when it comes to development in the ward. And I expect for them to hold me accountable and be critical when they need to be. I don't care about them voting for me the next time. I don't care if they voted for me the first time. But there's no way that I could be able to live in a community, sit in this seat, and not give the community its power. Because at the end of the day, it's the power of the people that we're paid to represent. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that. Like, I'm paid to do this job. I'm not doing this for free. Mm -hmm. I'm paid to represent these folks. And so if I'm paid to represent them, I have to listen to them. I have to do what they say, not what's in the best interest of the city or me. It's what's in the best interest of them and their families. All right. Uh, let me go back to the other thing uh, that you mentioned, and that is uh, how we talk about crime. You mentioned that, and then we got on a long tangent. And this has really been on my mind a lot. We, I have talked about this on the show a lot. Uh, Artie Duncan uh, was uh, flirting with running... <laughs> Folks, if you, you know, you could have seen, right seen Jeanette's face when I mentioned Artie Duncan, Mr. Closing Schools. I know why she did it, because when I met Jeanette, that was, what's, that was to fight closing schools uh, on the South Side. But anyway, Artie Duncan was flirting with running for mayor. Uh, and uh, one, he was stunned me, uh, Jeanette, by promoting sort of like uh, defund the police type and I have that in quotes, uh, ideas, shifting money away from hiring more police, et cetera, and so forth, talking about crime and dealing with crime in a different way. And he was talking that way. He was giving speeches about that. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who, uh, say what you will about her, is not afraid to throw an elbow or two, uh, started going on about how he's all for defund the police, and this just sounds like defund the police, and, uh, you know, he's soft on crime type rhetoric. Next thing you know, Artie Duncan drops out of the race. Well, I got that elbow. That's it's rough and tough in there. I'm, I'll let other people run against Lori Life. I'm scared. Anyway, so he dropped out of the race. But the, the takeaway I, I had from that is, like, you can't talk in any way about any kind of alternative to policing in this city or whoever the powers that be are, they're going to crush you as soft on crime. How are we ever going to deal with these problems, Jeanette Taylor, if we're afraid to talk about them for fear that the mayor will throw an elbow at you? Tell her to throw one at me. See, he ain't got no room to talk. We're, we're, we're talking about 
the creator of Renaissance 2010, which was a plan to close 20 out of the 22 schools on the south and west side where black young people wouldn't have access. He sure don't have a right to say nothing. He's the person who was, when he was the head of the Department of Education, had people outside with machine guns on parents and students when they wanted to have a conversation with him about public education going to the toilet. So he does not have room to talk. I do. I do. I've spent my entire life, whether by choice or force, trying to make sure that young people and parents have access to a system that they pay into. And so what does she want to throw the bowls? But he definitely ain't got room to talk. What them after school programs that your mother started? Go back to that. That's what you're good at. That's what you need to continue with. Because that's what we need. We don't have enough things for young people to do. We don't have, they don't have access to anything and there's nothing for them to do. What y'all think they're going to do? Sit around and twiddle their thumbs? They have access and don't have anything. And while people want to develop in my war, I don't hear anybody talking about, let's do something fun. Let's do something that's just for young people. Like, come on. We know, listen, we know what great neighborhoods look like. We know what good schools look like. They just ain't a priority in our community. And it's cash and chaos. What would they be doing if none of this was going on? I'll wait. Well, wait, you missed me there. What would who be doing if this wasn't going on? Any of these folks. They wouldn't have a leg to stand on. If we didn't have this amount of crime, then what would be the reason for you giving the police more money? Mm. This benefits their narrative. We're going to talk about how bad it is and how young the people are who are robbing folks and all the killing going on in that community. But you don't talk about how it got that way and how you were part of the setup. That is uh, Alderman Woman Jeanette Taylor and uh, speaking a lot of truth in that last uh, riff, that is for certain. Uh, Jeanette, you also referred to uh, democracy uh, as a sham. Uh, I wrote that down. You said that a while ago. Maybe maybe you said something and I, t- I wrote it as democracy is a sham, but that was the point. Yeah. And people until, don't poor sh- people, until poor people are valuable candidates, candidates our democracy is a sham. Okay, and see, yeah. If you ain't never struggled, if you ain't never been hungry, if you ain't never been without, that's not how you're going to operate. You can, you might have some empathy for me. You might have a little sympathy for me, but you don't get it. You don't understand it. And so you're not going to move in a way where the things that pe- everyday people need are important. And if this... they could give $386 billion to somebody, imagine what you do if you put it in communities of color and, and, and manage your business. Cause see, we too busy. We'll give the some of the some of the money, but then we got all of these rules, and you need to do this. And no, if you move out the way, and we, how about we write a proposal for what we want to do, and you fund it? How about that? <clears throat> you did that and allow us to run our own communities. They would be safe institutions. When I was a kid, I'm the '80s baby. I can't tell you. The number, I can count on one hand the number of times the police might have been on my block. I can tell you the amount of times I've seen somebody get killed. It was once. And it was my friend's sister who got ran over by a car. Never saw anybody get shot in the 80s. I never had any other, uh, and there have been people who have had bad experience with the police. I hadn't. I knew officer friendly. And, but that's not what I see today. That's not what young people go through. How many, how many people 
who have gotten their car and it became their grave. You and I ain't, you, I, and Dennis ain't got enough fingers to count. Mm -hmm. And so until we address some of those things, we cannot talk about it because it's not a transparent conversation and it's not a conversation based on honesty. We've made some mistakes. We didn't do this right. How do we repair it? How do we fix it? What is it that you need to turn your communities around? But we'll implement silly shit all day long. We love putting putting band-aids on bullet wounds. And we'll just continue to bleed out until somebody says, how do we stop the bleeding? How do we take the bullet out? And then how do we work on healing inside and out? Uh, by the way, what a great idea. If, if you just took, uh, let's say, 1.3 billion that they gave for Lincoln Yards uh, uh, on the north side of Brian Hopkins Ward. What if they just gave, they just said, all right, uh, Englewood, we're going to give you 1.3 billion. You have a, uh, a, tell us how you want us to spend the money. Can you imagine? That's essentially what they did with Lincoln Yards. <laughs> they said to develop. Oh, you better not even start talking about that damn related management. Don't do it. Don't upset. Well, that it's a different developer, but whatever. Uh, um, the Lincoln Yards I'm tired of them. Okay, uh, is a different developer, just so the world knows. All right, yeah. before we get, uh, so let's let me go where I was uh, going to go when I was talking about democracy is a sham. I've been doing this the way I deal with uh, the, the the horrors of the world, uh, Jeanette. Is I try to laugh at them because otherwise, what would I do? Lose my I would have lost my mind a long time ago. So. In the city of Chicago, I'm reading all these articles in the newspaper, how they've uh, whittled down the sites for the casino to three. And every single person that I ask about this who knows how Chicago works when we're having just conversations, as you know I have on the phone all the time, tells me, Ben, don't be stupid. They already know where it's going. They already know. This is just Look at how we got played yesterday at the city council meeting. And Talk we got played. Talk about it. So they sent the ordinance. What's today? Today is Thursday. So they sent the ordinance Tuesday night after six o'clock. Now I'm always in my email all the time, but I have started to set boundaries because if you don't, people will take up all your time. And while I love the people that I'm paid to serve, I don't want to do it all day, every day in my sleep when I'm in the bathroom. I don't. And then when we get it Wednesday, it's on one sheet with nothing on it, and they're going to just skip by. So you're going to introduce and want it voted on without even having a conversation. Sounds like a setup to me. And so I'm not happy, and I let somebody from the administration's staff know that I'm not happy at all. Because now you're talking about the only people that are going to be on it are the chairs and the vice chairs. The people who are going to co-sign, and not all, but mostly, you know what you're doing. You already got the spot. You didn't already promised it. You just need to, to, to make it seem like the city council had input. I was born that night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. So what, uh, just uh, so folks understand exactly uh, what the older woman is talking about. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot 
had an ordinance or proposal uh, that brought, came before the C Chicago City Council yesterday at Wednesday's meeting that would essentially make an oversight committee uh, of the City Council create a new one uh, to oversee where the casino is going like they are, haven't already picked a site. Uh, and that uh, oversight committee uh, consists of council chairs who, in the weird way we run uh, the city council in Chicago, are selected by the mayor. Yes, the executive branch controls the legislative branch. So, yeah, so it's the mayor's allies uh, who will be overseeing this. As, is that what you're talking about, uh, Alderman Jeanette Taylor? That is exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, so if like somebody who dared, for whatever reason, wherever they come from, my good friend Raylo in the 15th Ward, or Jeanette Taylor from the 21th, anybody, or Anthony Beal from the 9th Ward, anybody who would dare to disagree with the mayor, it's not going to be anywhere near... <laughs> Now, I will say there are some vice chairs who are who, who not going to go along to get along. There might even be one and a half or two chairs who might not agree with her. But we know what's going to happen. But, and it passed. What was it? 37 to 12. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. so I presume you were one of the 12 that voted no. Of course. Okay. <laughs> And was Raylo one of the 12 too? Of Raymond course Lowe? he was. <laughs> yeah. So this it's feeds. The usual suspects. The usual suspects. Uh, well, the, the usual suspects vary from time to time. But bottom line. True, uh, true story. Yeah, you know. They'll, they'll, Bert, I think Bert voted no. Bill voted no. Uh, who else? This is me speaking not. Uh, Jeanette Taylor. Ed Burke's no vote, just a discredit to every no vote of the other no votes. I just, this is me, not Jeanette. Oh, I know. Listen, I'm, listen, sometimes, depending on what the issue is, I'll take a no vote wherever I can get it. Yeah, I hear you. Ain't my monkey on my circus why you voted no. Like, sometimes. Sometimes. Well not often, but sometimes. Well put. But, guarantee you, Mayor Lori Lightfoot will use Ed Burke's no vote to undercut the credibility of Jeanette Taylor's no vote. See, that's the other game they she play. This. See, <laughs> unlike her and Ed Burke, me and her got a clear understanding. And we had this conversation when I first got in the office. I don't politically agree with you because my lived experience tell me, tells me something different. And if you ask me a question, be prepared for the answer that you may not be looking for. I'm never voting no to spite her. I'm voting with my morals and my principles. I'm voting for what my community asks me to stand for and do. And so I absolutely agree. He was there for I was born. Mm. So I, he gets no, 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 no brownie points from me because um, I was passed. Oh, my God. That's how young Jeanette Taylor is. That is true. Ed Burke was in the city council before she was born. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's how old I am. <laughs> you look good, man. That's all I'm going to say. God look, bless you, his, Jeanette. Uh, uh, on, the, on, the, on his hand, he been hit, it's, it was the same thing with Madigan. Y'all asking me to talk about people who was in office even before I was born. And the thought that they spent 46, 47, 48 years of doing the same shit and now... You want to indict somebody? Y'all knew they was doing cricket shit way before now. I figured it out when I was in my 20s. And uh, that was 20 years ago. So, come on. 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, you're right. You're absolutely correct. And so to, to give an example of uh, how Mayor Lori Lightfoot plays the game, and she plays it tough, ladies and gentlemen. She throws those elbows, as I said before. She might have been a point guard playing basketball back in the day, but she plays like a power forward with the elbows. Uh, so uh, Alderwoman Tabaris from the 23rd Ward had a proposal about ethics reform. And uh, what did Lori Lightfoot do? What does she call her? I think a handmaid of Michael Maddy. And I'm like, I never heard corporate lawyer Lori Life would say a bad word about Michael Joseph Madigan for first of all. Yeah. Now they all got the balls to say something. But when we was down in Springfield chasing them around so that we could get them to support an elected school board and in the basics, that was okay. But now all of a sudden he's being indicted and he's being looked at. Now we're gonna now we're gonna separate ourselves from I mean, go sit y'all ass down. Stop it. Just stop it. Because a lot of y'all depended on him to stay in office and he's done everything for y'all. So don't 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 do it now. Don't 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 be a snitch now. <laughs> you should have been telling. Yeah. Look out of here. Uh oh Lord. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of elbows get thrown in the Chicago City Council and if It's if, actually funny to me. <laughs> As a rookie, it, it it's like Lucifer fighting against the devil. Ain't that the same? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. By the way, did uh, Mayor Lightfoot apologize to you yet? Uh, that was she my... didn't. Of course. <laughs> okay. Of course she didn't. She's going right. to apologize. And it'll be a pile of lie at this time. She right. doesn't have to apologize. Look, at the end of the day, I don't have the luxury not to work with her because I love my community. I love what I'm doing for my community. I'm standing up. But you best to believe it's going to be one day. Might not be today. It might not be the 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 mountain gonna have to bow to the wind. Mayor, by the way, I sent you a picture. Uh, you probably didn't get it because I sent it so late. A picture of Mayor Lori Lightfoot wearing a Harold Washington for Mayor button. And what was that all about? We they honored this would would have been Harold's hundredth birthday. <laughs> it's next month, and so we weren't gonna be able to do it in time, and so they wanted to do it this month, and so it's honoring the man who who was really progressive, who, who, who knew about real democracy. You know, it's easy for us to put on buttons and put on costumes and pretend that we're progressive and who we are. It's your work and your ethic that shows if you're progressive or not. Carol was. Wow, 100 years old. That just stopped me. Damn. I, I, I actually, uh, Jeanette, I remember his 65th birthday. He was very much alive, and they had this big party at Navy Pier. I remember when he turned 60, I got a picture of myself with him that, you know, everybody was lined up to get a picture with Harold. I'm sure. uh, Wow. That hit me a hundred. Holy Lord. The man has forever changed politics forever. Well, here's my Harold Washington. We would be in a better place. Okay. So let me just say this to that. Get your response. Uh, The changes weren't permanent. What he did in my humble opinion is he set a standard. And so every single politician, every single mayor that's followed has tried to pretend that they were following uh, Harold Washington's standard while they were doing absolutely everything they could do to destroy everything that Harold stood for. So they wanted to be slick about it. They wanted to make you think they were with Harold while they were destroying what Harold stood for. That's my take about Harold Washington's legacy in the city of Chicago. Feel free to vehemently disagree with me, Jeanette Taylor. So I'm not going to disagree with you. I'll just add on to what you say. But he, they, he, they figured out how to get 
a black progressive man in office. And he didn't just do that with the black vote. It took a rainbow coalition to get people in. Now, do I think they killed Harold Washington? Hell yeah. Of course I do. And I love the Gusabo Museum, but that puppet drives me crazy because it says, I died of a heart attack. Yeah, from all the damn food they probably was feeding you knowing you was going to have a heart attack. But that make it his, my, the lesson to me is, and it's a lesson that I use when it comes to Lori. If you love your community, if you if you're about the business of taking care of the people, you work with people that you don't normally work with, and you work with people that you don't agree with. You come with the balance. And that's the lesson I get from him. Yeah. Elder uh, gave me a book that I'm just now starting to read, and that's about Harold Washington. <clears throat> and when I'm on vacation, I'm going to read it because I don't know how he did it. I don't, you know, I'm I'm 46. I'm in full-blown menopause. I'll cry watching Tom and Jerry. I don't know how he was able to do it. And good or bad, he did it. And people are trying to duplicate that forever, and it has not been duplicated. Well, let let me just say this. Uh, I could talk about this forever, and I know a lot of millennials don't want to hear me go waxing on about the Harold Washington. Uh, There's... There's a great song, One of a Kind Love Affair, uh, from the 70s. Spinners. Come on, Jeanette Taylor. How did you know that? Because I'm old school. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. But whenever I say one of a kind, I always think of this one of a kind. Love. And he was one of a kind. There was nobody like him. So to replicate Harold, it's like his ability to just, he, he radiated love for people it was genuine and so like even a rookie reporter like me he would ask well that's 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 the best question i ever got (laughs) (laughs) and you know like i would feel like a hundred bucks you know a hundred million dollars what a question you know what i'm saying so he just radiated love for people and he didn't have a bias he didn't have a prejudice again. He'd been exposed to all sorts of discrimination his whole life, but somehow or other, it didn't turn him into a hater. And, I, you know, that blows my mind. So I could go on and on. That's just the human being aspect of it. And so I don't know how you well, recreate people that. need to replicate. There will never be another hair Washington. And I, I don't know that the world could take another one. What I want to see is us replicate the way that he was able to have people to work together. Mm. Like black and brown unity, that was a real thing when Harold was in office. That was something that actually happened. Us being able to work with people from the north side, us figuring out that our differences and the things that we see different are really different from any other. And that's what he was able to do. Now I'm sure, and one of my things that I remember he said as a kid, he said, take the money and vote for me. Yes, he I'll did. Never forget he said that. So, like, yeah, yeah, don't don't mess up your dollars. You need no dollars, but yeah. still give me both because yeah. I'm gonna do what's right. So, no, he did. I love what he said. Take the money. Take the Take money, the and, money vote and vote for me. That's great advice from the greatest mayor the city of Chicago has ever had. And uh, if Lori Lightfoot wants to wear a Harold Washington bun, well, God bless her. All right, uh, there you go. Nothing wrong with that, I suppose. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to close it down. You said uh, you wanted to talk about Parkway Gardens. Uh, the last yeah. time we were in the show, I think we did like a half an hour on Parkway Gardens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you update us on where we're at with it? 
Go ahead. So things are starting to get better in Parkway. Um, but I think things are starting to get better because they have a bid for the casino. Okay, explain the help help me out so here. Related management who owns the Miami Dolphins, who own property all across the United States is a very rich company. They're not broke. And so the issues that we have in our in, in Parkway Garden could have been avoided. They didn't they have they have the money and the means to do it. They just haven't. And so if I'm not mistaken, they're in the bid to build the casino, which I don't know why or how, when they're mistreating low-income families in the community, in the city that we represent. So I'm, I'm baffled. What about you, man? Well, this uh, is probably a good place to close the conversation as uh, where I started because I began the conversation by, uh, this is before you were on, uh, talking about how is it uh, that whenever somebody does the right thing, uh, it's never for the right reason. You know, and then I've learned just to go along. If you're doing the right thing, okay. You know, uh, so it, they, uh, Lori Lightfoot ended up uh, taking care of Anjanette Young, okay? <laughs> it took her a while. That was your no, no, first. No, 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 no. What? That's not what Miss Young wanted legislation to change. I'm, I'm going to need y'all to stop reporting it. This was not just about the money for Anjanette Young. And she made that quite clear, which is why. People were going out of their way and navigating for the system because she made it quite clear why financially they could help her. She wanted some legislation and some real change. Yeah. So they made Anjanette Young hold. Uh, why she's having a rally this Saturday at Davy Plaza from 11 to 2. Shameless well, pull, but it's really not shameless. Uh, I'll tell you what, if I wanted to uh, spare myself embarrassment, I would just say, Dennis, edit that part out because uh, JT schooled me. But you're right. Okay, so let me uh, change it. Uh, they finally, the point I was making, they finally legalized marijuana uh, in the state of Illinois. Uh, but they did it, in my humble opinion, for all the wrong reasons. So that was the example I was giving. In other words, they did it to raise money for the state as opposed to eradicate a wrong. Uh, Thank but, you. Okay. So they did it to raise money. Now they're suddenly discovering that to raise, because their their goal was to raise money and make people rich, they overtaxed and they over they, the, the prices are too high. And so now people are going back to the illegal market. So my point is, is if generally speaking, if somebody does anything that's remotely right, it's usually for the wrong reasons. So to, back to your point, if they're doing things right because they want uh, to win a contract to run a casino, uh, well, I mean, as long as they're doing the right thing, I suppose, but it's no, never because you don't get to mistreat low income and working people, all those vulnerable families, and then you're rewarded. No, no. I'm going to say like the young people used to say, where they do that at? <laughs> and I could tell you, this so you is what me in the night, 10 inches, but you take it out six. I'm supposed to be grateful because it's only six inches in now and not 10. You're still stabbing me in the back. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is why no mayor will put Jeanette Taylor on the casino committee. <laughs> you just, you exhibit A. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's well put. All right, uh, Jeanette, it's, I went way too much time ago. I took a look at the last time we were in the show. It was months ago. It's just always uh, refreshing to talk to you and fires me up and uh, – 
it's good to see you and hear you and I uh, hope you're staying safe and sound and healthy. The last time you were on, you had been sick. Uh, how are you feeling these days? You feeling all right? Better. Um, I got boosted. Um, but because people want access to you, two more of my staff members are out with COVID. So COVID is not going anywhere. We're going back on COVID punishment. And remember I told you. I'm sorry, we're going back on COVID. What was the word you said? Punishment. Oh, yeah. Because that's what it is, punishment. Yeah. You can't go outside, you can't go nowhere, you can't do nothing. No, we, uh, in fact, we did a show. I urge everybody to check it out. Lakeisha Collins, the state rep, uh, was on the show. We were talking about masks, and she was the lone vote, the only, talk about uh, somebody with guts. She was the only vote uh, in the state legislature to keep masks. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't make fun of me. She got cussed out for it. Yeah, she right did. Right on the floor and yeah. threatened. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, going back to. I'm not going to say the word before dinner time. <laughs> Always black women, but we the most mistreated. Uh, but uh, anyway, I uh, I was with her. I'd have voted with her on that one because I don't know. I still wear my mask when I go into grocery cool. stores, and you know. But you're right; it's coming back. We're it's like with I always say, this, yeah, with a vengeance. So you know, the kids been calling it the Omarion. We all gonna be around here doing the Omarion dance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Jeanette Taylor. It's a blast talking to you, uh, and. Um, Keep up the fight, and well, next time it'll be a lot shorter in between Jeanette Taylor visits, all right? I make that pledge to you, okay? Okay, no problem. Thanks for having me, Ben. All right, that's the great uh, alderwoman Jeanette Taylor of the 20th Ward of the city of Chicago. She speaks from her heart, uh, and I love when she comes on the show. So thank you, Jeanette. I also want to thank Dennis, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy in Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. As Jeanette Taylor will tell you. Back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for DeMarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Gladys Trek. Gladys Trek. We're done.